We live in a twilight world. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Popcorn Watchlist Podcast, where we discuss and celebrate our favorites in TV and film. I am your host, Xavier, and joined with me in, on our weekly recap and recommendation list are the usual suspects. Go ahead and say hi, Danny. What's up? Zach over here on the other, other end. Hello. And uh, Anthony, say what's hey, up. What's up? There we go. Uh, if you've been following our weekly recommendations, you'll know that last week, Danny came up with a pretty fun and a little, I wouldn't say out of left field, but a little different from the themes of what we were going through uh, with our previous movie recommendations and kind of brought a really good mind bender for us in uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, film, uh, you know, sci-fi spy thriller action flick in Tenet. And, you know, he's working on releasing Oppenheimer later this year in July of 2023. But Tenet was his uh, film that he released just at the like you know latter half of 2020 as he was really fighting for movie plexes, theaters, and cinemas to stay open. And this was sort of like the rallying cry. It, it was supposed to be the rallying cry of, hey, got to watch this in the theaters. Go ahead. Getting people back to the theater. And but... go ahead and watch it. So, Danny, talk to us. Why'd you pick Tenet? Dude, this movie was just bonkers uh i had seen it a couple times before and it was one that i think we i, I wanted to talk to you guys about and have a discussion on it because i feel like it wasn't really talked too much on we kind of i didn't see it in the theaters but i know you guys did yeah uh zach hadn't seen it so i thought it was a a good one to get us all together to talk about it um, I know Anthony had uh, the <laughs> distinct pleasure and honor of watching it in its first IMAX release. Oh yeah, it was it was awesome and not awesome at the same time <laughs> because uh, as good as the sound is in the Fort Lauderdale real IMAX, the visually the movie was great, but uh, sonically, sonically or <laughs> audioly, <laughs> uh, you couldn't hear anything. Any. Any almost Auditory. every moment where people were speaking, either the music was too loud or just their the sound of their voice was muffled, and so it was like across the It was very it was very bad. So yeah. the first time I watched it, it looked cool. I sort of understood it, but not really because I just couldn't. A lot of moments in this movie, people were talking to each other and. Doing a lot of exposition. So, yeah, I didn't really understand the movie until I saw it the second time with Xavier. And that second time, he stressed, we have to get the captioning devices. Yeah. We need the captioning devices. And because I, I remember hearing and reading online initial impressions, like, man, the sound mixing is just off. Like, it's really just the levels are bad. Something happened when putting the movie out to, you know, digital release uh, to the projectors and how it's syncing up. Something was really bad. So we asked for it, and oddly enough, the staff at the local theater 
were really cool about it. They're like, yeah, here you go. You'll have one of these. And it's shaped perfectly enough that you can put it in the cup holder. So I'm watching it. And like, weirdly enough to like my surprise and to Anthony's as well, like he was kind of looking at me like, hey, I can hear this better now. Like yeah, it's not. It was, it was better in, a, I guess, a normal movie theater instead of a IMAX with huge speakers. So <laughs> Unless Nolan expected this. You're not supposed to hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Like even the beginning, because you know the protagonist is in his mask because he's kind of like infiltrating and sneaking into this whole thing, and he he rolls up to try to give the secret message, but all you hear and you'll hear it in our intro, we're in a poor world. <laughs> and then like you know with all the hullabaloo going along, the asset that they're sneaking out, he's just like, <laughs> like what? Like there are no friends at dusk. I'm reading them like, oh okay, cool, spy stuff. <laughs> but I feel like kind of terrible for Anthony because. You know, this this was the the one exception where we always say, dude, you got to go watch this in IMAX. I've seen an IMAX. And we go and watch it because, you know, Nolan is uh, known for taking that medium and really making the most out of it. And then we're just like, how did this pass quality control? I mean, it was it was still beautiful to watch. He had a lot of moments that were filmed with a actual IMAX camera. So that's why you go to that theater so that whenever those moments come up, it fills up the whole screen and well, pretty much any scenic shot which there were a lot in this movie um because they went to a lot of different locations five movie and yeah, all the big trotting. and all the big action sequences were all shot in imax so so yeah maybe like an hour or more of this movie was the full screen so it looked beautiful it was just i couldn't hear anything <laughs> well thankfully at least the music was cool i heard the music it was really <laughs> yeah. loud but i, I yeah i just couldn't hear anybody talk oh we'll be but. getting to shining praises for ludwig Gorenson in a little bit but uh like even just uh, that opening sequence, like out of all of us, Zach is the only one who had never seen it. So like that whole opening sequence, and you know that how Nolan shoots action movies and uses like almost everything as a practical effect. Well, how did that whole opening sequence up until like the train yard part like set the tone for you? Well, because I because before you know recording this, Danny had mentioned how they had released that you know, the first few minutes, ten minutes as like an IMAX like a preview. Like, preview. Um, and I remember seeing it, I guess, I think it was probably Star Wars. So, I, but the thing is that back then... When episode that 9, out, you mean? Yeah, probably Rise of Skywalker. Because okay, yeah. when, when that came out, I... Like, you're seeing that, I, I didn't have an idea of what the movie was like because it didn't really give much away as to what it would be about if you, if you didn't, like, know about the movie already, but... Uh, it was before uh, Episode 9. Cool. Yeah, because I, I did see that in IMAX, which is why I'm, I'm remembering it. Um kind of vividly hello there but uh the perfect time i feel like like unless unless you're paying it because i mean what nothing in that opening sequence would have given away like the whole time not well not time travel but like uh forward reverse kind of i mean the only thing, thing would be on. the the bullet that you see it go in reverse and that's uh, it it gave you like a little taste of what was to come when the protagonist gets saved by, by someone else, someone he's else. like, dude, what the heck is that? And because he just saw like something weirdly happening, but hey, I'm safe and I got to go continue. Oh, that's right. Because the bullet uh -huh. it okay. went in reverse. Okay. That's right. I, I didn't remember. Yep. Right. I don't, I don't remember like that little detail of the bullet, but I think it was just that little, <laughs> that little piece. Yeah. That's like the only yeah. thing that really tells you that some, some weird stuff's going to happen. <laughs> Shenanigans are afoot. <laughs> and boy, are there a lot of them, but but it was really cool uh, uh, opening uh, 
opening scene for a movie because uh, I mean Christopher Nolan does great action, so that, that's a great uh, it's a great part or that's a great scene to start off with. For sure, one of my favorites uh, to start off a movie. Yeah, and it shows how in like, that always these establish or opening kind of action sequences. It establishes certain traits of the character that's being highlighted in that moment. So like, it even goes back to the Dark Knight. That whole opening heist sequence just helps explain the elaborate, and uh, but you know the almost crazy, chaotic, but still uh, planning. You know, like crazy, like crazy, like a fox master planning that the Joker is all about. So even with this movie, it shows you immediately, like you know, he takes the bullet out of the chamber and ca- and catches it. And by he, I mean the protagonist, played by John David Washington, and immediately you're like okay this guy's competent this guy knows you know this is you know running the numbers for him this man knows what's up like he's he's come ready to play and it's showcased all that like he's in 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 the middle of this operation he's able to improvise when things don't work out right and again something weird's going on with you know that establishes the main kind of like theme or gimmick of the movie and then you know we get that whole all of that that leads up to the the title card which I think was was really co- a really cool way of just uh, getting it set up, and um, and like, then the score in that intro sequence was rainy night in Tallinn. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, and, and I think even with when the from the preview, when hearing the score and like Anthony and I being really hyped that oh man, Lubitz doing the score for this, and hearing that we're like oh this is gonna be great, uh, this is gonna be awesome, and honestly like yes like that that was it's perfect like the score fits the movie perfectly uh there are a lot of times where this this score is really all being able to the film score you can hear things happening forward also going in reverse Reverse. uh and it just it fits extremely well with everything that's happening and that really comes down like the whole gimmick of the movie is the whole idea is like there's this you know super secret spy organization that's trying to in essence, fight the future and preserve the present. And they do that by playing with physics and playing with, uh, you know, molecules and atoms moving forward in time and then finding a way to have those molecules and atoms moving backwards in time. And I think the movie does a really awesome job of establishing that, establishing that the word tenant is basically like the code word to, you know, what is it? What he says? He says, unlock doors, uh, some good doors and mm. some that uh, are not so great. Mm. Uh, and, and and the gesture, the gesture, the, Cla- clasp your hands with like your thumbs up. Molecules coming together, I guess. Yeah, and all right the little pieces mesh. <laughs> yeah, everything is a free is a freaking palindrome. Uh, like the whole the whole movie should basically be palindrome. And what's cool is that as you establish the weirdness of things going backwards, and you know, it, it's a great way. It kind of sets it up. But then we also get like from the scientist her. Re, her the the sentence she gives the protagonist it's almost like telling the audience as well it's like don't think it just feel and for a lot of people a lot of people when this movie first came out they're like i guess i had to do that because i was really confused <laughs> um but i really think this movie benefits from multiple rewatches and rewatching it more and more um you know there can be some things that are a little confusing but i think overall it's like a fun puzzle for me to figure it out that and I've always loved spy flicks and like you know growing up watching a whole bunch of Bond movies and you know Mission Impossible's. It's just and you you add uh, Nolan's uh, kind of you know trait to having to deal with time and other you know displacement and those type of and, and then other fun sci-fi gimmicks on there too. It's pretty dope. It's pretty damn cool. Um, 
Kind of reminds me a little bit, I don't know if you guys have seen, uh, it's one of Nolan's earlier movies called Memento. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Feel like this is like the next level of so momentum. you've seen it but yeah. zach have you seen it no nope. look oh, at this kid yeah. he's not even seen he hasn't we need to learn think, him about so, nolan i don't think nolan, i've learned about guy Pierce. i haven't seen anything before batman begins i think so okay. you didn't see prestige that was after batman begins oh okay. yes it was, it was, it was right after oh, okay. six like okay. 2006 i think, I think it was right after batman. that movie's yeah. so good yeah but did you see it yeah i haven't seen anything before batman begins anything after or including he doesn't know about memento so you didn't see insomnia or memento no. or following i guess was like his real first movie i haven't seen in uh insomnia, insomnia is really good there was that time where you had to travel up north i'm like danny you should probably just watch insomnia because <laughs> you know sunlight's gonna be up there for like you know 18 hours out of the day or 16 you know, oh long when you went to alaska mm-hmm. yeah i was like dude you're going over there you might as well just watch insomnia uh but yeah next one thing I mean, so the, like we talked about the main gimmick of the movie is they're trying to stop uh, this, you know, Russian oligarch from basically like um, uh, just, you know, it's a, you know, save the world kind of plot with this, uh, you know, algorithm MacGuffin that deals with, you know, reversing everything backwards in, in time. So um, I think the the whole thing then has Nolan loves to do all this stuff practical is that you have shots that are shot forward and then shots that are being done in completely in reverse um one of the, the highlighted scenes of that really is like you know when they're in the freeport in oslo i know anthony has dug through all the stuff he's seen all the the makings of and everything like if you can summarize some of the things that went through the idea of how they had to film that scene forwards while basically one actor has to act forwards while one is going in reverse and then they have to shoot that scene like almost the opposite way where one guy is going forwards and backwards so then basically two actors are learning the same choreography backwards and forwards yeah something along those lines and you probably just recently watched it i watched that maybe whatever two years ago whenever that movie came out um yeah it was they it was pretty much john david washington and i think you know a double or stunt stunt man practicing over and over again uh like the choreography going forward and also backwards um yeah and it was pretty crazy i I don't remember how long they said that they had to do this for but yeah it was a a lot of the time was them just learning how to make their movements look like they were moving backwards i think they succeeded yeah and then they and then it was a lot of wire work so wire work had to also be like pull them in like a backwards fashion or a forward motion to give it that weird reverse feeling so yeah it's just like all around the stunt team and the choreographer just went ham with whatever studying they had to do to <laughs> figure out how to make people look like they were going backwards i can't even imagine the, the planning and like uh trial and error that they had to do to make it look fluid enough. yeah yeah imagine all the test footage you have to go into that and see like okay does that look good okay now we have to put that in the backdrop of like a set luckily it's like a narrowish hallway mm-hmm. where yeah. you can kind of obscure some things but with you know like the wires and whatnot but even so like watching that for the first time it was like mind bending like as i remember that that the scene that they use a lot of the wires for like when the room's turning around and it's in inception mm-hmm. like this i felt like was like the next level of just like you're moving people around like this while keeping yeah, i don't think they used wires in inception like they practiced two weeks with moving themselves in that whole they made a whole set of a like a cylinder moving around yeah so i don't no, think there were wires they just no had to wires. practice walking around because yeah, there's a part where um i, I almost 
Dang, I just forgot Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, his name. Uh, it might have been, there might have like, been a wire to, like, reduce how they would fall, but there weren't wires helping them, like, walk around it. Yeah. yeah, I know, like, there were sequences, like, they're going forward or backwards or something like that. There might have been, like, a pull or something yeah, like but that. that. Yeah, but that was only... But everything else, the yeah, they're, they're, it's just... Like, but when they're actually, like, fighting as it's, like, turning, like, all that is real. There weren't any... There weren't any wires going on. But, yeah, like, Nolan has the cachet and in hollywood at this at this time to do stuff like that where he he can build huge sets take lots of time to do these sequences that if you think about it that sequence in inception is only like maybe like 30 seconds so it's like they probably spend a buttload of money making that set and that whole mechanism and i think it took them two or three weeks to practice all the choreography and it was for 30 seconds of the movie i mean it was kind of stretched out but yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but but in total like that whole right and the same thing a... with this movie in tenet uh you know him him fighting himself in reverse it's not that long but i'm sure it took a long time to, yeah, yeah it's a couple minutes but imagine that's like at least months of just yeah yeah. Practice and, and just the planning just like okay so in this moment you guys are going to be here and then we're going to pull you and flip you up to make it look like you're you're doing a like you a suplex a su- or a reverse suplex in this moment it's like it's crazy man. yeah like he's soup like like the stuntman in the the covered up portion of the protagonist like german suplexes himself but that's because it's like going backwards and mm-hmm. like it it's or wild. when he's crawling backwards to get the gun but then when you're looking at it the first time, you're like, what the hell is happening? Like, What's he doing? Why is he swinging this way? It's like, oh, because he's he's trying to get himself back into the turnstile. And But yeah, like it, the movie like has all the trappings of like your standard spy movie. It has, you know, the certain, you know, the talks about the big bad. It's there's a whole like you have to, you know, like definitely definitely would be reductive to say that, you know, Kate is basically just a uh you know, like a Bond girl, but she definitely has agency. Like she's stuck in, you know, basically married to a, a madman uh, and a, you know, uh, basically, you know, an arms dealer really. And it's, you know, the, there's the whole idea where uh, the protagonist needs to kind of be suited up and look proper, especially t- speaking to Michael Caine's character. He just gives him a car, blank car. And he's like, we'll sort the bill later. Just buy whatever you need to buy. Yeah. He's like, if you got a, gonna talk to these people you can't be shopping at brooks brothers <laughs> i remember watching i was like wait brooks brothers is pretty good okay. yeah but, but he's pretty much saying like you you gotta go up to like billionaires and you yeah. can't be looking like that you gotta walk up as a millionaire status not yeah. a, oh you know i make six figures like no you gotta be making eight minimum buddy nine even anyway um and you know he's coming up in boats he's you know uh you know, there's the a lot of the globe trotting where they could take themselves to Italy, then to uh, to Estonia in Tallinn, and yeah, to yeah in Estonia, then going to going to somewhere in Siberia. They start in Ukraine. Uh, they're somewhere I forget in the I forget the strait between like Finland, uh, like Ukraine, and then like and then they get to like you know London if they go through the boat after as or yeah, he's on the boat while he's kind of like recovering from the the jaw injury that he he mm. the protagonist has in the beginning but um yeah it's really cool you know he recruits you know his partner in crime and neil which we'll you know talk more about in a bit there's you know cool gadgets to break into places there's more people 
uh, in, uh, you know, finding out that Priya is part of Tenet and understanding, you know, there's the secret code words and phrases. Uh, there's, you know, silencers. There's breaking into places, stealing stuff. It's it's awesome. And, Bun- bungee you know, jumpable. Bungee. Is it bungee, <laughs> bungee jumpable? jumpable? Is that even a word? I don't know. That's what he asked. Reverse yeah. bungee jumping? He's like, I don't think yeah, like, bungee yeah, jumpable like, is a word. Reverse bungee jumping? He's just like, we're going? <laughs> we're going up? <clears throat> like, uh, and like, and it was cool seeing... Uh, Robert Pattinson kind of get his James Bond on. Uh, really competent. There's a lot of uh, good driving. I think he drove his own stunts. Or like he drove in the, his own car when, anytime they had to drive. In reverse? Uh, <laughs> no. No, that was John David Washington. That, which is another thing. That was another thing. So like like the movie. And then it, uh, what's really cool is Kenneth Branagh as uh, uh, Sator is. I, he's like the perfect like. You know, I'm just like, you know, not more than just generic bad guy. Like, you can tell there's something behind him. And it was really cool figuring out that, like, you realize that people from the future are sending stuff in backwards to kind of help them change their future. And he, he is, he was just like, oh, he's the guy in the right place at the right time. Like, he's just, oh, I found a thing. Here's my name. And it has all the stuff for me. And because the future said it, because we all talk about posterity. And uh, there are a lot of really fun concepts, how, like, being able to just put things forward and backwards. You start with things, and then later on, you start realizing they're doing this with people, and that's when my brain started hurting a bit. <laughs> and but I was like, man, this is so cool, even though my head hurts. Like, and I feel like there's the real halfway point of the movie where things go full. You know, you get to a certain point, and then you got to go backwards. Is when they finally get to um, the heist to steal the um, what they think is like you know two forty one the two yeah the the, the two forty one like on the highway. Plutonium, right? Plutonium 241. Yeah, so that whole highway sequence, and you start seeing other things in your background, like, oh no, this is going to be bad. And you even see it. Like, I remember Zach watching this. He called, he's like, wait, how is that broken? And then as they're going through, you see it go away to oh, not the, be broken. The, 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 the mirror. The yeah. mirror. Yeah. I was like, like, I was like, that looks broken. Like, <laughs> was it? Like, didn't they just get there? It's like, it looks, doesn't make sense. Oh, and then, shh, no, it's not. It's broken. a bad rental car. Service. Well, no, I, I figured that was going to happen before it happened, but I was just like, okay, this is, it's, it just seemed kind of weird. Like, like, like they would show it in some shots intentionally to, yeah. to, and, you pick up to then highlight it once it shows and, and, it say, it's, uh, and so then you know the whole movie like yeah you have this spy thing of getting through you know trying to help stop the you know the stop the end of the world or you know do stop the doomsday device but like there's all these little clues that things are happening simultaneously there's a lot of uh, to quote Whovians like all the timey-wimey stuff going on like uh, everything from Kate talking about, oh, I was here in Vietnam or whatever with my son, and he. I saw some girl. I saw some off. girl jump off, and I was so jealous because she looks so free. Yeah. And then that's like, you know, spoiler alert. It's to the fact like that was herself at the end, finally doing the thing she wanted to do for so long, and like she just jumped and dove like a badass. She's like, damn, I want to be that. It's like, man, that is you. You will be that yeah. one day. It's, but. You know, and that, and obviously the protagonist fighting himself, so he doesn't, you know, touch himself in the middle of all that. Um, you have um, the that the highway sequence, so you have cars then like driving forwards in reverse and less like backwards because, and the scientist said it like the way we perceive time is too linear for us to understand that, so it's going to look like it's going backwards when it's that person's perspective. They're actually going forwards, and we're going backwards. It's nuts, like. And and that part where they uh, spoiler there when he's in the car and it explodes or implodes uh, in reverse, Spiders. and it was like he freezes instead of 
Yeah, like that. Through, he I was survived like, hypothermia <laughs> from a gas explosion yeah. because the heat is leaving because <laughs> yeah, that's how a, entropy works. There was a quick throwaway line that uh, one of the lady soldiers told him, like right before he yeah. put on the mask before he like first went out in yeah. reverse. So yeah, it's yeah like if you fire, didn't catch it, you'll be like, yeah, wait, like, what? what why, why, yeah, why is this happening? Yeah, it's like fire burns this other way. You need your own <laughs> oxygen because your lungs breathing in reverse can't take in the air. I was like, what? <laughs> Like they're giving what? him the crash course, and then what does the uh, Ives played by Aaron Taylor Johnson say? This cowboy shit. He's <laughs> like looking in disgust. He's like pure cowboy shit. I don't like this. Like, and he's like, I'm gonna go anyway. And then so he he has the tank, and it's interesting because then you saw Sador when they're doing the first uh whole the first like drop or whatever it is like in, on the middle of the highway. He had the mask on, so then yeah. you go, that's what's going on, and then like. He realizes like oh damn i got played i gotta go back this way and it's cool because even in that highway sequence they're hearing radio sequences and neil is looking like I, he's like don't you speak estonian he's like yeah this no, is in reverse this is, it's reverse. This is backwards <laughs> and then so he puts on the radio again as he's now going in reverse and he hears what's going on he's like oh he lied it's a dead drop through this thing yeah. but then all of that is happening because as we find out later, like when you go backwards, you see, you've already kind of sort of seen what happened. So then you can kind of tell the other forward end people what's going on, which is why then you have this great, like mind game sequence that Sador does to the protagonist where like, he like is speaking incomplete just to get him to say the thing and to say what he needs to get out of him to go find the 241. Dude, it's nuts. That was, that was nuts. When you hear the conversation, uh-huh. yeah. when he goes in through the other side and then, you hear the conversation play out and you're like what yeah that, that was the point of the movie where you're just like oh my god my head hurts like, <laughs> yeah you're like oh happening? my like, god and the thing is it what do you mean guys just, i totally get it you see the blue <laughs> yeah. you see the blue and red lights and then you see sador on the other side like speaking backwards and then and then the i guess where they're at the building they're in has speakers that like puts it back in normal like instead of being in reverse then it makes it sound like he's speaking normally normal like it's just all like like, i had the master plan buddy you fell into my trap card like it's done so he realizes like damn like i actually like messed this up but he did it just to save you know uh kate and uh you know shout out it was really cool shout out to elizabeth devicky and also shout out to christopher nolan because uh john david washington is shorter then Elizabeth Debicki and they she's did, very tall. Yeah, she's yeah. very tall, statuesque, beautiful woman. Also, a great actress. And so, like, they don't hide the fact that, like, yeah, like she's taller than him. So I kind of like I kind of respect that. Like, they're because it's like, hey, you know, like there's a thing going on, and he's, you know, I'm I'm the guy for the job, no matter what. Like, I didn't have to be, you know, fit all the bill. It's just I don't know. And it, it let, and I, I think it was a great showcase overall for John David Washington, uh, in general. Um, and yeah, like then, <laughs> then they start showing that like on the on the boats they have people that are able to already go in reverse while they're on the boat or like okay you, you have to go in reverse at this time at this time so like, you realize that there's a whole master plan to all of this and yeah they had turnstiles on the freaking they had turnstiles <laughs> everywhere and even freaking you know Priya is like oh yeah we can do this too like we fight fire with fire like we got to do that and, like, and you even see the protagonist like my no like this is this is getting out of hand. Um, but just at the beginning when she's like we're being attacked by the future just like oh my gosh what's happening what is going on just attacked by the future there, there was one part where she was like well how do you communicate with the future and it's like well any email text or whatever posterity is that's how you communicate and she's like Wait. yeah 
That's what? what that's what we call in the business and other other movies and TV shows that do this. We call them time hacks. You basically tell your future self something, so then if you're if you can communicate with like with the future generations or in some cases future selves, you like hide something somewhere so that you find the future and say, hey, I'm actually gonna then you know find that and then act be help you act on that because now knowing this thing, I can send this backwards and then give you the hindsight to change it. But then that creates these weird like grandfather paradoxes of like, can you actually do it or not? And uh, yeah, whose head hurts? Your grandfather or the or bootstrap? Uh, sorry, it's bootstrap. Causal bootstrap. Bootstrap, not causal loop. Or no. is it the same thing? It's, well, they the did. Thing. It, oh, Neil did explain the whole grandfather paradox yeah. in his version of it in this movie. He's explaining everything to uh, Kate while she's like recovering, and he's like, "Let's start with every law of physics." <laughs> It's like, uh, okay, cool. Now we're gonna reverse those and break them because that's what's happening in this movie the whole time. Uh, but yeah, like Anthony's point, the action sequences, like being in forwards and reverse, like we get everything with like, you know, an actual bot 747 to crash into a hangar in Norway. Uh, and then you have the, all that sequence of being done forwards, also being done backwards because the you as we find ourselves, the characters have to go back like, where can we find a turn turnstile to go back this way? Uh, easy. We got to go to the place where we used before. You're just like, oh And then you God. have multiple versions of them at the same time. Yeah, you like, have two versions of them. We were just watching it again uh, right before recording. And they're like in the ambulance moving. And then you see their previous version moving of Moving backwards. Moving backwards. Away. Yeah, because yeah, that, that's needed to happen in order for them to yeah. get to where they are. Like... It's nuts it's like they but at the same time it's like oh our, our two versions the two versions of themselves are existing almost in the same space not the exact same space but yeah. almost because you know uh on top of each other would just break the universe <laughs> like what doc brown said you create a paradox <laughs> and then let's not get started with neil at the end there's like dude the whole five versions the of whole it Stalsk, so great thing is that stalsk 12 this whole giant big set piece action sequence is foreshadowed by Michael Caine's characters and like, oh, there was an explosion that happened in this at town the same time. that used to be Sator's uh, original, like a original hometown. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, then we get that, like, oh, that's the explosion because there's a big ass battle that happens there, and you know, we see a whole battle that's happening both forwards and backwards, and like, the forward teams, like, oh we on the forward team have the hindsight of the team that's in reverse already went through this battle and is giving us all this information to get back. So the whole, what they call temporal pincer movement. Yeah. So the title tenant, if you have the red team and the blue team, mm -hmm. 10 minutes in between. Yeah. And 10 on our watches. And 10. 10, 10 and 10. Yeah. 10, 10, 10. Crazy. That's a little thing that is just like, oh yeah. Palindromes on palindromes. Red watch, blue watch, and just, you know, it's all, it's all, the whole, I always, I remember when this it's movie. Like a tenant within a tenant. Inception. Like when the movie. Uh, Tenception. Like when the, the movie first came out, people were, were speculating, oh, this movie is like maybe a palindrome. People were like, oh, this is going to be memento on crack. Or just like, there's going to be a focal point in the middle and then it's going to go back and it's going to be read almost exactly the same way. Yeah. Or it's just like. You know, but it, I like that thematically it does different, it like different locations, but it was te technically that timeline. It, it got to a certain point and then back. Yeah, because it, it ended end. basically at the beginning of when the first uh, opera, opera house mission yeah. happened. Like it, it timeline time. wise, it ends right at the beginning of that. My blood. 
it's uh it's pretty out of hand and then <laughs> it's just like oh you got to do it this way and that's because it, it, yeah it's, it's nuts it makes you think because then you have to like if you're over here then you have to go this way and then you have to kind of like bounce around away from other another version of yourself that's basically still existing going forward to then get to the point of where you have to go backwards so then you can continue on the timeline without you coexisting and creating a paradox you guys more confused now okay <laughs> i think we are um so yeah, especially like, yeah, Anthony loves to point this out. It's like by the end sequence, there are at least three meals that are accounted for. And if during that time, if that's around the same time as the opera house thing, then there's technically four. there's another meal. Mm -hmm. Because and he's at the opera. Um, he's in that mission. To, yeah. And he, he goes saves. saves him. He saves the protagonist with the reverse bullet. And then, then there's the, you know, the, the big fan theory about Neil is that like if Neil is actually Max but grown up that then is gone back in time in, in reverse entropy for so long to handle all this other stuff going on to then be able to exist in this time zone where he's technically also a kid. Do you, do you keep aging if you're going back? Yeah. Cause yes. it's, like, it's like the slowest form of time travel. Yeah, it really is. Like you technically are moving backwards in time, but like you can, but you're, but you're not, you're not de-aging. You're, you're still, no, you're still forward. aging. Yeah, yeah. Because your, your molecules are still, and atoms are still moving and obviously cells reproduce and break down the world around you is in reverse, but okay. you're still moving forward. Okay. So like, yeah, like, so you could technically, if you're going back and forth for this, if you accumulate a year, you could stop at like the same place you started, but still be a year older. Yeah. That makes sense nutty <laughs> so yeah um you know so i wondered I, I wonder when neil actually started the mission how old he was that That's, is the yeah. speculation because if in this movie let's say he's like what 30 something sure he, he didn't say like in the future uh that him and, he gets and recruited right so let's just say he's let's just say he's he's 35 in this movie but when we see him so does that mean he was like 25 when he actually started and he like went back 10 years or or he actually started earlier and it was only yeah. like a he'd have to have continuously uh -huh. like gone backwards and still be doing stuff while it's like he'd have to be constantly go all the way back like continuously right. to then age up while right. going backwards because if if that theory is true in this movie uh the kid max is what like 10 yeah so if he doesn't get recruited and start doing stuff till like 20 and then by 25 like hey you gotta go back go back 15 years and do so, all of this stuff so that means from 20 to 35 he becomes 35 as we see him but yeah and then it asks questions like yeah how does it's, he get, it's pretty nuts how does he get that old and how does he still go backwards that far back to then uh, and react interact with a young uh, and fresh protagonist yeah. who hasn't founded Tenet yet. Which right. also, towards the end, he does say like, oh, this is the end of the line for for me. For me, but for you, this is like the start of our like Of a beautiful friendship. friendship. It's like the end of a beautiful friendship. I was, I remember watching the movie, I was like, oh man, like, like that, that tug at me for the heartstrings. I was just like, damn. But like, and like Neil was understood that like he, like, he accepts his fate i guess it was weird like seeing pride he's like man i got to you know do a lot and i got to you know stop all this from happening and you know i get to see the end of this thing while he can start it off i don't know it was, it was like weirdly heartwarming for me like it was really cool it was a cool ending yeah for sure 
And then, uh, you know, I love the, the late introduction of Ives, where he's just like, we got to kill each other if we see each other. But I'm not going to go looking for you. <laughs> I got to like, give I'm us a head start. Like, yeah. Give everybody a head start. If I see you, you're dead. Like, cause, you know, I'm going to come find you. But I didn't say how long it would take for me to find you. <laughs> but the protagonist hired both of them, though. In the end, yeah, yeah. because <laughs> his future self hired both of them. Correct, yeah. So I it out. I watched a couple of YouTube videos and theories. So like, here he goes. And so there's <laughs> one theory that Eyes might be Michael Caine's character. That would be... Another f- mind blow. Yeah, yeah. It's like... <laughs> what? I'd be thinking too much, because apparently also he has like the same accent that Michael Caine has. And so now Zach, his head just blew up. Yeah, <laughs> we should have camera what, on this what episode. I'm trying to think of like, okay, so is the young version the the current version, or is the old version the current version? So like, for him to be, be for him old? to be Michael Caine that old in that moment in time, he would have had to after they after they the finished future, no so. after they finished the mission at the end of this movie, he would have had to gone in reverse. I don't know Much, how many years, and yeah. then maybe maybe like five or ten years, like ten years, and then. 10 years back because at that point he would have been I don't know I don't know how old Michael Caine is or maybe 70 just or continuously 80. like every so well, no, often because Michael Caine when when John David Washington visits him he's Michael yeah, Caine he's, he's 80 years old and or he's, whatever he's a sir like right he's, so he's, it means like has, he's up to that point that character has done a lot of stuff and he's of high stature and apparently he knows all this information about the bad guy of this movie and where he was at that moment so that's why it's like how does he so, know all this information about Sator Unless he was there at the mission, homie. That so, but homie, <laughs> suppression is our business. Exactly. Yeah. But that's another thing. So it's like it, it's weird. It's like for 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 that to work, he would have to go in reverse a lot of years. Yeah. yeah. Just to come back at that moment of time to get and avoid yourself. Right. Well, I, mean, yeah, all that, I feel like that could be easy. Yeah, I could, avoiding yourself. But he, then he has to get into that similar line of work so that. At that point in time, he could help the protagonist to let him know this is what you have to do but, to get to Sater. But to then to start going back forward in time, the machine would have had to ex- have existed at that point in time. In which Who says it didn't? Forward. Who says it hasn't existed since the 80s? Because well, the tech they, went that yeah, far back. They, they, they really built them it. in boats. They built them in free ports. Yeah, so he could have... Well, I'm saying because like, like they, they don't really establish when the, the when those... Uh, Turnstiles, whatever. And we don't need to. That's uh, what I. My, my yeah, thing is that's why. So, like a lot of those theories, like if you probably think about it too much, it probably doesn't work just because of all of those intricacies. You're like, and that's what makes your head hurt. You're like, oh man, this yeah. is. You're like, oh, you no, have no, to. You have to think sense. about all these little things that, you know, the problems that would occur that they created with the script. So then they, yeah, with the script, but then also again because. The rule is usually when you add time travel into stuff, you always end up writing yourself into like plot holes and walls and stuff. And so the more you think about it, may it lose a little bit of the of the nice gloss and veneer that the movie has. Um, but I think it's even with that. Despite that, I think I still find it really enjoyable. And there's even fun little like Easter eggs to stuff going on. So I think the main thing why it's called, uh, you know, of. <sighs> the you know why it's called tenant i think is because originally it was if correct me if i'm wrong anthony but there was a an artifact that was found in pompeii and it's called the sator square yes and so the sator square is basically like it's a whole like uh palindrome like on upon a palindrome on a palindrome it's like opera 
Sador, Arepo, Tenant, Opera, and Rotas. And so yeah. if we oh. know that, and they're all like left to right, and then it's basically like the words are rearranged in the square. So like the S That's in Sador also, is yeah. also it is also written down. Yeah. Arepo is also down Arepo. Tenant is down to uh, left to right and uh, top yeah, down. Just, uh, opera, since, opera, Rotas, since you Rotas. are only listening to it and can't visualize it, if you're interested at all, just Google Sator Square. And then you'll just see a bunch of words and things that are in this movie that are in this square. You're like, oh my gosh, yeah, right? like, what are they doing? Sador is the name of you know the villain of the movie. Arepo is the, the art, artist, the artist that, that Kate was close to because she was an art appraiser. And that guy made a fake that uh, she didn't know of until it was too late. And that was really like the blackmail that she has to stay in her marriage. Her terrible, uh, abusive, and neglectful marriage. Tenant is the name of the organization that's fighting uh, Sator and also the future, as we see. Opera, the opera house, and Rotas is the name of all, is the company that Sator made to establish. And did he make it the company? Yeah, it's it's yeah. the company that he created for the turnstiles, and, and it's also Sator backwards. Exactly. And then, and then the word tenant appears up and down and left and right in the middle of the square. Yeah, it's 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 out of hand. Okay, it's in the middle. So it's it's yeah. a complete and utter palindrome. Like it's it's so like left to right, up to down. Uh, it it's yeah. The more you realize, like okay, this is the idea. Like hey, this looks cool. Let's make a spy movie with this, and also throw in a whole bunch of sci-fi in here. Um, that was a fun little Easter egg, and the fact that like uh. I remember Max as a kid, he mentioned something like, oh, dad's the father's shirt or whatever, we're going to Pompeii. I was like, mm -hmm. that's where they found the Seder Square, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 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 It was found in Pompeii. And they're like, oh, look at that. Like, you're going to a place where that thing was found. Uh, there was another one. I know Danny found some other stuff too, right? Well, we were, uh, some of the other ones that I picked up on was the Oppenheimer uh, they mentioned Oppenheimer. <laughs> That's the next movie. It was the next movie. Let me see. Because I, I was also going through some YouTube videos. Yeah. And um, well, I saw a new one the other day that I hadn't seen years ago when I first yeah. watched it. And I didn't I didn't notice it. Or I mean, I wouldn't have known because I don't speak this language. But so this guy in his video said that, uh, you know, how in the movie they show that... Uh, that Neil has a backpack and he has like uh -huh. the string with like whatever a coin or whatever yeah and it's like a red string yeah so apparently in German the term for or like how you say red string is rotor faden and a, and then this guy's like and the definition of of rotor faden is a symbol that leads you through a story from the beginning middle and end and <laughs> And um, it yeah, like a so bit of a stretch, but I know it might have been if it's a, if it wasn't intentional, then somehow it worked because <laughs> he has a red string on his backpack, and it sounds, yeah, a, it sounds a little intense. which we see yeah, at the weird. beginning and then we see at the end, yeah. right? You, and that's we how you know. See, I never saw it in the middle though, was it? No, no it was, but they're just saying like yeah. he's the character that explains yeah. everything to you throughout the Correct. whole movie, which is true because then when he finally realizes, yeah, I know more than I know, dude. I just recruited me, you know, because. Someone said, hey, I'm the guy. It's actually because you, you told me I'm the guy. I mean, when he let the protagonist go um, in the airport sequence and the I protagonist asked him. him. Yeah, I took care of him. 
Yeah. Then we I see did. it later on, and it was he was like, oh okay, like yeah. it's all good because yeah, because yeah, like because imagine if I told you, you know, if, if it was you, like would you have done anything different? Like yeah. we can't risk that. Like what's happened happened. Yeah, I even I even googled it. Like what is Rotorfaden, and it says describes the existence of a central logical structure which helps the reader slash audience follow along and also says is a German expression. It is literally translated as red thread. However, its meaning is common thread. Mm. So it's also like he's a character that like threaded everything along. Like That's it cool. is a stretch, but yeah, it was pretty <laughs> cool. I was like, I've never, I never saw that a couple years back when I was watching videos. I was like, that's interesting. It may not have been intentional, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. There's just so many, if things. it was intentional. Yeah. Yeah. So many things in this movie. There, there's it's, a whole lot. It's a Nolan. I feel like it's. It probably it was intentional. Be, yeah. <laughs> it probably was. He's just like, I'm gonna throw all this in here. If you see it, great. If you don't, watch it again. Which is why, like, I get like as cool, again, like I don't know, like the movie at least for me, like it just clicks all like me as a as a viewer person. Like, yeah, it has flaws, but it click, it checks off a lot of the buttons that. I like in movies like this, like it's a, uh, you know, it rewards you for paying attention. Uh, it's great it. action sequences, a shot really well. Um, yeah. Like Danny said, it makes you think um, it was like, it, yeah, I remember watching it. It was just like, man, like this is cool. And like to be able to organize it and put it up in the way it was like, it's still like a, a Marvel in and of itself. And I think, I, I think as time will keep continues to go forward, haha, um, and then backwards, backwards, and then looking backwards on this, uh, on this movie particularly, I think people will realize that man, Tenet was you know better. It's better the more you look at it and see it, and you really go through the beyond just the surface. Right, and it, it kind of sucks because this movie came out in twenty twenty um, uh, during the pandemic, and I think it even got delayed a few times, and then. That's at one point they just said we're just gonna release it in September when they when movie theaters start to open back up. Yeah. At least here in the States. And then so it came out I believe September. September of twenty twenty. I think it was supposed to come out July. Ju originally and, July. And then yeah. as you know, different states were lifting certain restrictions, they're like maybe maybe it'll come out in a month and then they kept delaying it and they just said September, screw it. No matter what, uh, they strongly wanted to put it on HBO Max like they were doing with other movies. Yeah. And Nolan, um, and Nolan was that. like, no, my movie has to be in the theaters, which he's right. I mean, this movie is, is a spectacle. Yeah, yeah I, but, I agree. But yeah. uh, it just sucks because uh, definitely when when I saw it in uh, both in the Fort Lauderdale IMAX and with Xavier, we saw it what, at Sunset Place, right? Yep. AMC. So when we when we saw it at Sunset Place, uh, I think there were five people in the whole building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I watched a few movies during the pandemic, and I know people would always like think I was weird because I was going to a public place, and I would tell them, "Well, it wasn't public because there were zero yeah, people." Yeah, like barely anybody yeah. here. Like there, there wasn't anyone there, so that it was actually very safe. It was safer than going to Publix or any grocery store with a mask. Nobody was there, and plus, a lot of movie theaters at the time were blocking out rows and and seats in between people every other to make sure everybody was social distancing so in this other group yeah. so it just it came out at a really bad time and so i don't think enough people i mean definitely people didn't really watch it in theaters and then even when it came out on hbo max and on digital i don't know how many people actually watched it that year i think maybe more people saw it by the end of the year 
till the following year. So it didn't really, if it's popular, I don't know if it's popular, but it didn't really catch popularity till maybe the middle of 2021. My thing is, um, a lot of times with you, a movie like this, especially if you're like, oh, I'm just going to watch it on streaming. Like, are you really going to watch it? You're at home. You probably but, but have your phone next most, to you. Most people like, were kind of forced, well, not forced, but they decided, decided to watch it to at watch home it because because mm. everybody was saying stay at home. Yeah. And so, I mean, it just came out at a bad time. My um, thing, I, 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 if there wasn't already like like HBO or like sorry like Warner was had a lot of stuff going on right now, I would find a way to try to do like a limited re-release of the movie, just be like, hey, rewatch it. It would be cool. Hopefully, like if they re-released it in IMAX with proper audio, that would <laughs> yeah. be amazing. But, I'd be down hundred percent. They should but, just do that again. But they should do that with all his movies because I would I would actually go back anytime if they said, hey, we're bringing back Dark Knight in IMAX. We're bringing back Interstellar. Yeah, and Dude, any of his movies. Ever since Dark Knight, he's been, I know I've mentioned this before, but he's been king. using the IMAX camera for his, all his movies. He's the king of IMAX. So. so if they ever re-release any of his movies from the Dark Knight on, I highly suggest to go watch them. Is it is it Oppenheimer that's supposedly shot entirely or, or majority of it, it in IMAX? Most likely. Every movie that he's done, he's filmed more and more scenes yeah. with the camera. I, so, um, but I also heard that Dune was going to be shot 100%. 100%. Dune is 100%. IMAX. But what kind of camera though? Because they're different IMAX yeah, cameras. Yeah, there's digital yeah. and then there's like and the so, standard, uh, the, Dune, the regular like film. Yeah, Dune might end up being digital IMAX, which is not the same. It's It does expand the screen a little bit, but it doesn't fill up the whole screen when you go to those, those real IMAX theaters. Because I want to see if there's anything. Like, uh, usually, if they're called like IMAX Red, those are the digital ones. But apparently, like Oppenheimer shot, at least the main thing I, I just initially saw is the fact that they're shooting stuff, the IMAX resolution, but also in black and white. Oh. And he's like, it's the first time ever we've ever been able to do that. So. Uh, oh, wait, something new. Well, we, cool. we, we saw a trailer, I think the last time we went there, and the whole trailer was the full screen. Yeah, that's so what we saw it, Top Gun. Yeah, so it might be, yeah. the whole movie might be... Top Gun and Avatar. IMAX. Yeah, here it just says that it was shot entirely with IMAX, but it doesn't specify... The types. The type of IMAX. The, 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 I was going to say the, the, the sandproof versions of IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, so like, I know... Spiceproof. Um, I'll open the floor up because I mean really like I don't want to just shortchange my rating because I, w- I want to hear what you know Danny and Zach and uh, you know Anthony and I, Anthony and I are kind of like the, the subject matter experts of the movie for, for this movie this like but like no. I'd love to hear Zach and Danny your overall like final take if you have to put a score on it what would you score um I'll go first since I guess I'm the one that uh, recommended the movie I, I think I'm going to give it a, a 9. A Ooh. 10? Not a 10? Ten, ten <laughs> a, ten. Ten. a reverse 6. Oh. Yeah, a reverse 6. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, like, it's not a perfect movie, but I love it. I enjoy it so, so much cool. compared to like some of the stuff that may not make sense or go through. But I think it's just an enjoyment. But you feel it. Yeah, you feel it. What happens, happens. Uh, I don't know. I just I just really enjoy this movie, and the more I see it, the more things I pick up on it, and you know, the more we discuss, the more theories we come up with, and theories we hear on YouTube, and it's just one of those movies where you watch it and you 
since there's no sequel and not a lot of explanations, like you come up with your own kind of ideas and I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah. What would be the sequel's name? Ten. Ted to it. Eleven? I don't know. The E's are threes because they're just going to skip two and go three. It's called, it's called race car. It's called race car. <laughs> it's called radar. And then the third and the, the part three is race car. Um, yeah, man. But what about we you, can't Anthony? know. We can't know the the the, the name of the sequel because the policy is to suppress. <laughs> Whose policy? Ours, my friend. But yeah, I'll give it an A. I'll give it an A. Uh, All right, Zach, you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, Zach goes. Since, Since this, this is his first, first time. watch, first time. Yeah, yeah, and because it's my first watch, it's not going to be as high as Danny's. Yes, it's a rating. five, and then the second watch will be like a. No, not not a five. It's more like a, a seven. I think is a is a reasonable score to give it. Um, I, I think after you know, if I watch it a few more times and I and I and I start um, understanding more and, and getting um, some of the concepts of 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 how like the whole thing works. Um, I mean, I get how it works, but like this plot wise, <laughs> yeah. like how how that how it really works well with the I wish plot. We had a picture. We have a video of just Zach's. Every Try time there's a like, but <laughs> Charlie Day with with uh, with red dots. <laughs> that was a great episode. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think giving it a seven is a, is a good score for now. That's pretty solid. And and I, I hope that it, it it goes higher than that. The more that I that I watch it and I start making more, or I, I it starts to make more sense to me. Nice. Um, because I, I mean I do I do prefer some of his other movies more than this one like Interstellar Inception like those are those are great films uh, and Dunkirk too but th- this is this is still up there but it's still l- on the low end of that it's like on the low end of great but still great <laughs> that's what I understood out of that it's kind of great yeah <laughs> kind of ah alright Anthony <laughs> nice kinda um. Great. Yeah, this one's tough because kind of what what Zach was saying, like I I really enjoy it, but I could also like name its flaws. I mean, if you you do a movie like this, there there's always gonna be some form of plot holes in it, and I think it's like Nolan at his most Nolan going like full it's full on timey wimey stuff, and so I think maybe he he went a little too far and. And I'm sure most people watching this movie, I mean, I still don't fully get this movie. And not that I'm like a master at understanding movies, but I, I feel like I, even Inception, like I, I understand the majority of his movies and other, other, um, not thought provoking, but just thinking people's movies. Um, but yeah, this one, it's really cool the look of it the sound of it all that is cool uh, except for the first time i watched it (laughs) so i mean it sucks that that was my first uh experience with it but um but yeah it's it's also weird because since nolan has such a good track record i can say like yeah this is a damn good movie i enjoyed it a lot but then i started thinking like Oh, but then there's Dark Knight, there's Inception, there's Interstellar, there's this and that. And so, like, yeah, so then, like, you go down the list and, like, oh, so, yeah, I like this movie a lot, but it's probably his sixth best movie or something like that. So it's it, it's weird, and I just, uh, it's hard for me to put a number on it, 
I would say I'm like teetering on like a 7.58. Um, and and if we were going to do like even smaller decimals, I'd do like 7.8 or 9. <laughs> so maybe I would do like a, the hardest of 7.5s. Oh Just <laughs> the hardest the of hard- 7.5. <laughs> an, an, eight, an 8, but in reverse. So a 7.9, oh. uh, I guess is what I would do. But yeah, I, I would say it's like, to me, it's like, because I, I would rate some of his other movies like up there with like as nines. Um, so this one to me is just like a little bit a notch below. So very strong 7.5, slightly reversed 8. <laughs> slightly reversed eight. <laughs> Only for this movie. Damn it. Nice. <laughs> I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, Anthony almost took my gimmick at the end. I'm going to give it an 8 because it's reversible. Oh, there you go. But um, yeah, um, just the like it weirdly the movie kind of like i'm in tune with it and i, I kind of i get it even though like there are a lot of spe- there's some of the specifics are just like okay that can get a little confusing but like overall like like the movie tells you is like don't think feel like do off instincts like okay i get this this makes sense not because it's tell you're telling me it's supposed to make sense but like watching i was like i get this this is cool and then and other little things just really captivate and i really think that it's like a lot of the little things help make it really good. Like all the all the supporting uh, roles in the movie are really great. They're really fun. Um, the movie definitely feels like a, a modern, like you know, spy flick with an act with a with a sci-fi spin. John David Washington really absolutely kills it. And like like the whole fight scene in the kitchen, I thought was like perfect. Like all right, cool. We've gone again in establishing how badass this dude is. Like he got out of that when they're like, oh, we, we want you to watch this man get you know brutally tortured and beat up or whatever. He just gets out, ruffles his suit a bit. He's like, yeah, that was no big deal. Like, and she's just like, damn. Apparently, he doesn't get what he wants all the time. The cheese grater. <laughs> oh my god, the cheese grater. Oh, yeah. That first yeah. sequence was. So cool. yeah, again, those those sequences were they're choreographed really well. Like the the whole like I love the double bazooka shot of the tower. Um, at, at the very end, you're just like, what's happening? Oh my God, they're doing this. And like, it's just thinking about it on a practical, how they practically shot that. Like it's a whole nother like topic, but the reverse car driving the, uh, the reverse running and walking. Like there's people who have to run, walk backwards while people are walking forward. It's, it's out of hand the movie. And so like, just for that and the feats alone, like that strikes me as something that not every filmmaker can do. And you know, whoever's going to do it. Like Anthony said, let Nolan, you know, try to out Nolan himself to be the most Nolan-esque of Nolan movies. So, um, yeah, solid eight. That's what we got. Uh, Next up is Zach. What do we got for next time? All right. So after some thought between a couple of movies. After some popcorn munching on the popcorn watch list. Go ahead. Uh, I think what we're going to watch for this week is Tenet, but in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> well, let so me get... put the movie in reverse? Go oh in the turnstile. The whole movie has to be played backwards from end to beginning. We have to go in the turnstile and watch it in reverse and then go back forward again. Wouldn't that be My something? My head hurts. No, please don't. <laughs> Help. I wonder if that would be even more confusing to watch it backwards. Watch it make more sense. <laughs> Watch you watch you just cool. go into like a catatonic state. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. All right. So for the actual Quit movie, no, I'm kidding. For the actual movie, uh, I think I've settled with uh, one from the '80s. Oh, it's all right. from back X in the is, day. X is super happy right now. Back I'm in grinning. the day, I'm grinning a little bit here. All right, what do we it got? It is a. 
Is there a war? I don't even know if there's a war in it. I think it's a war movie. You think it's a war movie? He just read the title and he's like, oh, it's from the 80s. And what like, 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 like I, I know the movie War Games. I, I just, the thing is, is it really War Games? No, no, no. The thing is, the I've only ever seen the one famous scene of this oh, God, movie. Is it Red Dawn? Dude, spoiler. No. Why are you spoiling yourself? The one famous scene of this movie that's like very iconic. Oh. But I know nothing else of the plot. Okay. Is it Ram? Is it? I think it's First Blood. No, it is Full Metal Jacket. Oh, oh. my God! Oh, so the opening sequence. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is a war movie. Yes, a hundred. Oh, it is a war movie. Okay, okay. I, that was a total. Of yeah, I mean, shot. just you don't know what war. <laughs> if uh, I mean, the movie came out in '87, but does it take place in '87? Absolutely does not. Okay, so I'm gonna guess Vietnam or Korean. Probably, be, probably, probably Vietnam. Pretty sure it's Vietnam. Not pretty sure. 100% positive yeah, it's yeah. Vietnam. It is Vietnam. Okay. Yeah, you love you some Richard... Richard... I'm German now. Richard Wagner? Richard... What? He, he likes some the, Wagner? He did the music? Did you, what? Okay, I don't even know what scene you're talking about. Are you talking about... Oh, no. I'm talking about like the... the which scene? Okay. With, with Arlie... Oh, Ar- that's not the most that, famous that, scene in that movie. Get out of here. Come on. You're, you're telling me that that whole... There are smells like scenes. napalm in the morning and you don't know what I'm talking about? All right, guys. So... I've, I've heard... Okay, I've heard that line. But yeah, because you played Starcraft. <laughs> like, only steers and queers come from Texas? There cool. you go. Yeah, but... Dude, that that's an iconic scene, but the opening sequence of that movie... Um, or am I, am I, wait, never mind. Is that Apocalypse Now? I lied. It's Apocalypse Now. With the, the Napalm? The Napalm one. Yeah, I think Apocalypse Now is the, uh, oh, is the Napalm one. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, so, yes, Full Metal Jacket's really good. It? Yeah. Yeah, but I haven't seen it. It's been a very long time, though. Okay. So, I haven't seen Full Metal Jacket's on HBO Max. Oh, Ooh. Nice. Which I'm I'm glad it's on a subscription service. Is Tenet on HBO run. Max? It is, yes, but it it's going to be gone by the end of the month. No! Well, it's not even in 4K. Will it be, don't even will it be back in October for the 10th month? <laughs> <laughs> terrible. <Not sure>. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. But, yeah, so... So, yeah, that, so I, I retract that. Yeah, nice. smell. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Is definitely Apocalypse Now. Uh, that should also be on your radar. That's a, a weird it should. one. should. I wonder if it is. Oh, man. Get ready for some weirdness. But anyway, Full Metal Jacket is another type of weird... Um, you know, type of like, hey, war sucks kind of movie. So get ready for that one. So it might be a bit of a bummer episode, but also, uh, you know. And it has Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes, it does. Which is interesting. It has a, a head-shaven Vincent D'Onofrio. Directed by Stanley Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, what else, what else, like, big has he done? Re- I feel like he's done something recently. Well, Stanley like, Kubrick or Vincent D'Onofrio? He passed away. Oh, no, well, recently, like, oh, obviously, like, before he died. Um, <laughs> I forgot. I, forgot I think Eyes Wide Shut was his last movie. That right? was his last movie with uh, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Shining. Dude, The oh. Shining. Okay, it was the sh- okay. Shining is the, it was. You mean the Shining? Don't want to get sued. No, that's the old Simpsons joke. But yeah, like two thousand one, A Clockwork Orange, Full Metal Jacket, um, the Space Doctor Landing, <laughs> the actual Space Doctor <laughs> Strange Love, or uh, oh, if you believe it, or that, I learned the song. Yeah, Doctor Strange Love is one of the ones that I was thinking of too. Yeah, man, Spartacus. That's a good one. Spartacus is a very good one. That had, uh, you know, Kirk Douglas, Michael Douglas' dad. Man, Kirk Douglas. He's really good in that. Anyway, so yeah, I'm excited to rewatch that. That's going to be, I have to remember to prepare myself mentally for that because that's a, this is a heavy movie. I'm just warning you. 
it's it gets pretty going through all these different genres and yeah man almost on a whim but hey if if you're listening uh and you've seen the movie and uh you catch this episode please uh reach out you know uh share what your thoughts are uh share what zach's getting himself into by watching full metal jacket uh we do this every every time we release a new episode uh we encourage you to talk to us through social speak to us on social media we've got twitter and instagram popcorn watch list uh if you're listening and haven't given us a follow please give us a like and subscribe. We also have these up on YouTube with the occasional monthly video episodes for some of the bigger topics. So we are back there in the studio every once in a while. Uh, with that, uh, stay tuned till next time. And thus we've discussed and celebrated our favorites in TV and film because this is the Popcorn Watchlist podcast. <laughs> <laughs>